What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, it's week nine. We're about halfway home here in the fantasy season. We've got our updated Rest of Season Rankings up at rsrankings.com. We've got our week nine rankings up on the site as well. And we are doing our weekly get-together here to talk about all the news and notes with the trade deadline in the rear window and lots of crazy uh, injury news, lots of quarterbacks starting this week that uh, might not be what you would be hoping to see if you're a fan of good football. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I mean, if you're a fan of streaming defenses, uh, maybe. You might have a lot, of, a lot of defenses you might not normally stream, but if you're going up against you know Aiden O'Connell or Brett Rippon or some of these guys, it, you know, go for it. Um, it also, you know, last week we called this our rest of season rankings reset, and we're kind of doing this new format, which I really like. Um, the weather also did a little bit of a reset, which was interesting for Halloween. I'm sure, I mean, you and I don't live too far from each other, so it was like 80 plus degrees all week, and then Halloween rolled in and it was cooled down. It was like a really nice night for trick-or-treating. Did you guys have fun? Oh, yeah. Always had a good time. We've actually, I realized we've, uh, my daughter and her friend have been Trick or treating together since they were like little babies. So, this is actually their seventh time trick or treating together. And when I heard that stat, it kind of blew my mind. Kind of like some <laughs> of those stats you see on Twitter that blow your mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I know. That's a, that's a good one. Um, Halloween is, yeah, these, these holidays, it's, it's like the holiday season now, right? These holidays get more and more fun. Halloween and Christmas and some of these different ones when, as uh, the kids get older. And it gets even better now when you get to the holidays that actually have football on them. So, Oh, absolutely. Thanksgiving and Christmas right around the corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So why don't we you, – you you alluded to it. We're going to go team by team. Um, last time we did it by division. This time we're going to do it just old-fashioned alphabetically uh, <laughs> through all of the 32 NFL teams. Uh, just doing a check-in, looking we'll, – you know, we'll be looking at this through a prism of our rest-of-season rankings, um, you know, movers and shakers and all of that. Um, but it, you know, we'll also just be talking about news. We'll maybe a little bit about guys, you know, rankings for this week, guys we like, uh, and things like that as we go through it. Um, but again, the focus here is, as we say, ROS rankings, rest of season. So, uh, let's jump right into it we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals and man, I don't know what's going on with Kyler Murray. They, they they are for a one in seven team. They're really playing it close to the vest here with what they're doing at the quarterback position. Uh, they made it clear that they were not going to start Josh Dobbs at first. Uh, their coach Gannon came out and said, "Yeah, we're going to start Josh Dobbs again this week." Then the next day, no, we're not going to start him. It's either going to be <laughs> <laughs> Kyler Murray or the rookie Clayton Tune. Uh, then they trade Joshua Dobbs to the Vikings, and so it's definitely not going to be Joshua Dobbs, um, but. <laughs> Uh, Kyler Murray is still practicing fully, but he's practicing with the practice squad players. Uh, but then, you know, Gannon came out and said he's fired up and ready to go uh, for uh, in, in uh, talking about Kyler Murray. Uh, but he's also saying Clayton Toon is zipping it. So we really have no idea here on Wednesday night which of these two guys is going to start this week. Although it does seem like the tea leaves are suggesting they play Toon uh, this week just to get a brief look at him and maybe help the tank a little bit. Yeah, why not? I mean, you're sitting there with this bad record, one win. Why not see what Toon can do, like you said? And I have him firmly as my last, you know, QB 28 for the week at Cleveland, which is obviously a great defense. As for Kyler, 
I'm looking at Yahoo. He's still just 59% rostered, which is crazy. Uh, I mean, it's been ticking up as he's getting closer to return. And I'm looking at the site. We both have him inside our top 10 uh, rest of season quarterback. So we're both sitting there looking at it like, okay, Kyler, come on back. Like, if it's not this week, that's fine. But, you know, when you start looking at these guys, I mean, he has some pretty good upside. Uh, I, I do think that coming off the serious injury, uh, I don't expect the rushing to be there, you know, like we've maybe seen it before. It certainly could be. I mean, you know, we, we do a baseball podcast and Ronald Acuna came back and stole all those bases, you know, and after the ACL. So, like, he could. So, um, I mean, that's part of the reason why we probably both have him ranked in the top 10 uh, when you look at the upside that Kyler has. And it's good for Marquise Brown rest of the season as well. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a big reason for me having him ranked where I have him. I, I'm kind of assuming he is going to run a fair amount. Um, the The marvels of modern medicine – He's been earning rave reviews in, in practice. Like, you know, his teammates are saying he looks like exactly like the old Kyler, um, mm-hmm. just really dynamic ability. Um, because as a pure passer, he's not he's not a top 10 quarterback in, in pure passing ability. Um, really, what he does with his legs is a key component of his game. Um, in terms of also just the pr- play breaking down, it's not always that he's going to go out and run for 20 yards. It's the scrambling outside and buying time and then finding a guy like Hollywood Brown uh, for a big play that wasn't necessarily what they drew up. So um, I think he's still going to be able to do all of those things. Um, this is a weird situation because um, if they are truly going to tank, then you know they would probably be looking at uh, taking a quarterback at the top of the draft. Yeah. Um, so uh, they're kind of like one foot in and one foot out here. But they made Kyler Murray a captain. Uh, they have James Conner coming back next week as well. Um, so this team could actually be pretty fun for fantasy down the stretch. I mean, they have a bad defense. Uh, they have a clear number one receiver in Hollywood Brown. They've got a bell cow running back in James Conner. They've got a running dynamic quarterback in Kyler Murray. And then they've got a exciting young tight end in uh, McBride who has emerged as well. So uh, And Michael Wilson too. So there's just fun names on this team. And really, I, I just feel like there's they're sort of – it's a fantasy friendly setup. So a lot of these guys are trending up for me. Yeah. I've been, you know, I've been moving Connor up a little bit as he's nearing his comeback, but I am a little concerned. I haven't heard a whole lot about Connor, you know, coming in his return. Uh, And also just looking at the schedule, uh, you know, maybe he'll get it, you know, two or three weeks in here. And then they have that late week 14 bye, and then they play San Francisco, Chicago, and Philly in the uh, fantasy playoffs. And so, and Chicago, obviously, not a good defense, but like they've become a little bit of a pass funnel. And obviously, Philly's a pretty big pass funnel. They're really tough against the run. So like, James Conner could be tough when you're if you're looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs. But he could definitely help you get there. And that matchup against Chicago in the middle there doesn't sound too bad. And there was an right. update um, from Jonathan Gannon on James Conner today. He said he looks excellent, and he even joked that he looks faster than he was before. So uh, <laughs> oh, it good. sounds like Conner is going to be back when first eligible, which will be next week. Oh well, that's good. Um, yeah. You mentioned you mentioned Trey McBride. He was a big one in like the waivers uh, last week. We both have him inside of our top 100. So guys like him, Dalton Kincaid, some of these tight ends are finally emerging, right? Like when we started the, like started the year, you're like, okay, we've got 10 or 12 tight ends we can talk about, and then like a month later, it's like, okay, there's five guys, <laughs> and now it just seems like, okay, finally we're getting some more tight ends to talk about, and Trey McBride is one of them. Yeah, I mean, last week for me, McBride was. Uh, just below Kincaid and Kyle Pitts, and now he's ahead of Kyle Pitts, and 
uh, right there still with Kincaid, but Kincaid's also moving up. So those guys are now kind of nipping on the heels of a Dallas Goddard and an Evan Ingram for me in the tight end uh, ranking. So clear top 10 guys at this point. Yeah, I do think that like for this week against Cleveland, week nine, I have all these guys low in my ranking. So I will say for this week, I think Clayton Toon could have a hard time. You know, the the expected team total uh, for, for Arizona is hovering right around 14. So this is a tough defense. I've got, got even guys like Marquise Brown barely as like a wide receiver three. Um, so like I'm just not expecting a whole lot this week. But maybe it's a good, you know, buy low chance on some of these guys if like Trey McBride only goes like, three for 20 against Cleveland maybe you can buy him yeah because I mean he he actually had the highest target share last week that any tight end has had in a game all season so yeah <laughs> that's uh that's pretty impressive for his first start uh so good times ahead for him I mean you just don't see that kind of target volume at tight end uh very often yep uh so let's move next to the Falcons uh and you know, this is another team that has a quarterback change happening. Yeah. Uh, Desmond Ritter has been sent to the bench uh, in favor of Taylor Heineke. And uh, this certainly seems, uh, you know, I know you have Ritter in our dynasty league. So uh, <laughs> disappointing for people that have Ritter in dynasty. Um, but I feel like the writing was kind of on the wall that he was not the long-term solution at quarterback for this team. And now I think that seems pretty official and, um, you know, Heineke is not a special talent by any stretch, but he's kind of a gamer. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think this is going to suddenly make uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London like consistent every week studs. But I do think it's a, a net positive for them. Yeah, definitely net positive. I think they're going to get further targets down the field. You know, uh, maybe they won't even get more targets, which is more <laughs> more down the field targets, uh, ones that they can do something with. And, you know, for Bijan. Last week, you know, he had 50 snaps. That was almost 75% of the snap share at running back, which was really nice to see because, you know, the last couple weeks, you know, obviously there was the weird week, week seven thing with the with the headaches. Uh, but then even a couple weeks before that, it was like trending down a little bit. So good to see that he's getting a lot of a lot of the work. He's like that that workhorse that, that you want for fantasy. And obviously we have him as like a top 10 running back rest of the season as well. Yeah, I, will, I have moved him down some, though, to be honest with you, because – uh, he hasn't actually been a top 10 running back in a while in in, in terms of an individual week. Uh, you have to go back to week four. He was top, He was number 10, and then he had a couple where he was number eight at the beginning of the year. But that's pretty much been his ceiling. He hasn't really had that ceiling game, and it's just hard to do that in this offense, you know, and especially when Tyler Algier is getting, uh, you know, 15 carries every week and things like that as well. So um, I still think Bijan is really solid. I just – I don't really see the same amount of ceiling that I think people might have hoped for just based on uh, the talent that he has. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at our rankings. I have him at nine, nine overall, and you have him at, uh, what do you have him at, 27. So, yeah, you. in fact, we, we, you had a note in the in the podcast note about him versus Alvin Kamara. We kind of have them flipped. So maybe yeah. we, can talk about, <laughs> we can talk about that when we get to the Saints. But, yeah, uh, who would you rather have rest of the season? I, I'd rather have Bijan. Yeah, I'll take Kamara. I mean, <laughs> like I just think the role that Kamara is getting is so so much better than the role that uh, that Bijan is getting. And um, you know, talent wise, maybe at this stage of their career, you could argue that Bijan's more talented. But it's not like Kamara is not a talented player. I mean, he's an extremely dynamic player still, uh, and he's just getting bell cow usage. He's my 
number one overall running back this week, and I believe he might be for you as well. I was joking, we both made him our cover boy for our <laughs> week nine rankings articles. So, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, Kamara is just getting amazing usage this season. Yeah, and Derek Carr just captain check down right now. So, like, if it's half PPR, full PPR, even better, of course. Uh, it's just he's on a, a crazy pace right now. I actually have Kamara as my number two running back this week. I have Brees Hall number one. I just I, I think he's going to be able to run all over the Chargers. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's close. It's close. Oh, you should have to change your photo on your article now. <laughs> I couldn't find I'm a good reporting one reporting that to HR. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, let's move on next to the Ravens. Um and, you know, I don't really know what to talk about, really, with the Ravens this week. I, You know, Gus Edwards had another big game, and uh, it, I just feel like he's very game script dependent. You know, like, he's going to have some really big games, but I, I still have trouble uh, trusting him as, like, an every week starter. Yeah, I mean, like, he'll have some good matchups. Uh, last, last week we were kind of talking about, well, will the Ravens trade for Derrick Henry, right? Because that was all the smoke and... It turns out they don't need it. They have Gus Edwards. I mean, he obviously had a huge game in a really good matchup. Um, but yeah, like he'll have some other good matchups down the road. But Justice Hill, they're they're still sharing, uh, you know, the workload. And Justice Hill will have a good game or two mixed in as well. So yeah, I, I think we, I'll have to look and see where we have him. I'm sure we both have Gus ranked higher, but it shouldn't be that far apart. And you can't just like rank Gus as like a top twelve or fifteen <laughs> running back rest of the season. He, he and Justice Hill are closer together and further down the list. Yeah, it's gonna it, it's gonna come down more to game script whether one or the other is better. I think, and um, you know, I have I was I had Justice Hill ranked higher than Gus Edwards earlier in the season, but uh, I do believe I've switched that just because Gus Edwards now is getting more of that goal line work. Um, because early in the year it was interesting. You would have thought Gus Edwards would be the goal line guy, but he wasn't actually. Justice right. Hill was getting those looks inside the red zone, uh, but that's kind of shifted back to Gus Edwards recently. So. Uh, you know, Justice Hill's still the guy that's going to be in when they're in passing situations, but uh, with the defense that they have and, um, you know, they can get out to, to early leads with their explosive offense as well. So there could be a lot of games where they can just kind of feed Gus in the second half. Yeah, um, I mean, anything with the receivers here? I have noticed that Rashad Bateman has started to look a little bit better. Uh, he's still pretty, he's still buried in the rest of the season rankings, but I think just in the next couple of weeks, if he continues to show a little improvement, like he just looked slow as mud <laughs> early in the season, especially when you compare him against the speed of Zay Flowers. But he's starting to pick it up a little bit. Yeah, no, I've noticed that too. And he's also started to get more playing time. Um, but it's still a muddled group behind Flowers uh, in terms of the wide receiver core there. I, I mean, Odell Beckham's still getting a lot of playing time. Mm -hmm. uh, Nelson Aguilar's still getting a lot of playing time as well. So. If those guys are all in the, hovering in the like fifty to seventy percent snap share range, I think it's going to be extremely unlikely any of them even can earn wide receiver three value because uh, this is not a super high volume passing attack, and we know Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers are going to gobble up the, the lion's share. Yep, but keep an eye on an injury. Someone else, someone could emerge if an injury, right? That's true. I mean, if if Flowers went down, I think Bateman would be the logical uh, choice to fill his role in the offense. Yep. Uh, so moving on to Buffalo now, um, what are your thoughts there? Where do you want to get start us? Um, well, you were texting me about Gabe Davis, man. Like he's his usage has changed a little bit. I was looking at he's a guy who I used to like to uh, bet on longest reception over, and it just hasn't been that way lately. You know, he's just, he's he's not getting just like two or three targets, you know, deep targets and hitting one for a home run. He's been getting a lot more, you know, becoming a little bit more of a possession receiver, um, which I think is a good thing. You know, be, a little bit more target share. Um, 
you know, the, the, the offense, I think with Dawson Knox going out, you know, they're shifting a little bit more from the 12 to 11 personnel. We saw Khalil Shakir working out of the slot, having a good like first quarter. They got him involved. So like he's someone to keep an eye on, but I think Gabe Davis, you know, he's moving up my rankings a little bit just with this new usage that he's kind of had the last couple of weeks. Yeah. That was like a thing where I just, I noticed it in watching the game and then had the stats to point it out. I don't know if it's the last couple of games. It was really just this last game that it, that happened. Um, so I don't know if that was like a matchup dependent thing or if that's actually going to change, but that was like notably different than he's ever been used before. I mean, he's always been this big play down the field, yeah, kind of all or nothing guy. He has not like he was he was running like Deontay Johnson kind of route tree <laughs> in this game. It was very unusual. So. Um, we'll see if that was just how they were responding to the Tampa two uh, defense and all that, but um, something to keep an eye on. And then, yeah, you know, Shakir and Dalton Kincaid both rising quickly up the rankings. I just don't know uh, if they can both get home every every week as long as Stephon Diggs is getting his and Gabe Davis will have. You know, I mean, Gabe Davis isn't consistent either, so maybe it's now. Right. Davis, Shakir, and Kincaid, maybe it's like two out of the three can have a big game in any given week or something like that. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, and then, of course, we have to talk about the fact this team also just signed Leonard Fournette. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. I grabbed him in a couple leagues this week uh, because James Cook, uh, you know, I just don't know if they want him to be the guy, you know, like if they wanted him to be the guy, there's been ample opportunity. I mean, Latavius Murray has not lit the world on fire, uh, but he's continued to play close to 50% of the snaps alongside James Cook, which just tells me uh, that they're not really looking for Cook to be more, much more than that. You know, like he's a part, he's a part-time player. And um, it seems like Fournette is a good bet now to steal Murray's job. And, the question is, is it Murray plus, you know, is he also, mm-hmm. cause we know Fournette is a capable pass catcher and that's the part of the game that, you know, cook has really owned uh, in this offense. So if Fournette is going to come in and take Murray's work, take the goal line work, uh, take the, a lot of the between the tackles stuff, but then he's also going to steal some passing work. That could be a problem for James cook. Well, more people should at least be stashing Fournette right now. I'm looking at Yahoo. He's 27% rostered. That's too low. You know, they play the Bengals this week. Uh, I think it's Sunday Night Football. Big matchup, right? You know, after the DeMar Hamlin uh, incident last year, got the rematch where they actually get to play and finish the game. So a lot of buildup to this, I'm sure, for the players and stuff. And, you know, could be a shootout. Joe Burrow's looking awesome once again. We'll talk about them in a minute and that offense. But, like, stash him and see if he's active, see what he can do. And then the week after that, they play Denver, you know. And, like, so that – I mean – you get you get a free chance to kind of see if he's active and see how he gets worked out in this offense. But unless you only have like three or four bench spots, like if you have five, six bench spots, you've got to stash a guy like Fournette. He should be rostered in like 40, 50, 60% of leagues, I think, right now. Yeah, I'm not even sure he will be active this week, but I think it's worth being patient for a couple, like a few weeks with him, really, because um, they got him for the stretch run. You know what I mean? This is playoff Lenny, right? And uh, yeah, I, I just – I could see him – I don't think it's the most likely scenario that he overtakes James Cook. I think the most likely scenario is that he he overtakes Latavius Murray and basically just takes his role, uh, which is really a combination of his previous role and Damian Harris's role because he's on IR. Um, but that's that's fifty percent of the running back uh, snaps in this backfield, so uh, that would be worth rostering on its own. But I think there is also 
a path, a, a conceivable path where he ends up being the RB1 on this team. Right, and we've got him ranked around guys like who also have conceivable paths or have shown it recently, Deontay Foreman, Devin Singletary, Cam Akers. Um, we'll talk about some of these guys in a bit, but like then as you go further down the list on our on our rankings the rest of the season, you've got Zeke, Dalvin Cook, and some of these guys. Like I would drop those guys and pick up Fournette because we've seen what those guys have done, and it hasn't really been much. You know, they're on offenses that can't move the ball. We're talking about someone who's coming in for the Bills. Like, yeah, add them and be patient for a couple weeks, like you said. Yep, for sure. All right, uh, so next team on the list is the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they are coming off a game where maybe it was Bryce Young's best game uh, as a pro so far. Uh, you know, it's still not gaudy numbers or anything like that, but he just looked better. Um, we, you know, we uh, have to talk about the backfield, of course, here because yeah. uh, Miles Sanders has just sort of been relegated to <laughs> uh, very sporadic duty in his first game back um, off injury. And you have to wonder if this has just been kind of uh, – if this is a more permanent shift where Chuba Hubbard has just jumped him on the depth chart um, because Hubbard has unquestionably played better than Sanders. And, um, you know, just, just hearing uh, the, the Panthers coaching staff talk about Sanders, it just – they don't sound wowed by what he can do. I mean, I believe uh, Frank Reich said something like uh, Chuba Hubbard is the more, is the more physical uh, runner – than Miles Sanders, <laughs> and that's yeah. that was sounded kind of blunt to me, you know. So, um, I, you know, it's still probably going to be something of a committee, but I would rather have Hubbard than Sanders at this point. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking at our rankings. We both ranked him about 80th overall rest of season. We moved Miles Sanders down. You moved Miles outside of your top 150. Uh, I didn't move him quite that far. He's he's 115 overall for me, but like he's falling right. I mean, so we've 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 both made that move. It's plain as day that you should that you should make that move so like if you're in a shallow league add chuba hubbard drop miles sanders <laughs> you know it's like some people are out there in eight and ten team leagues and like chuba hubbard is the guy that you want it's clear yeah and honestly for just given the limitations of this offense like you need one of these guys to really have the job to be a fantasy viable player if it's like a 50 50 committee like we were just talking about with buffalo uh that's not going to work with Carolina. They're just not going to run enough plays. They're a slow team. They're not going to score enough points. Uh, you need a guy that's going to actually be up at 70, 80% of the snaps, I think, to make them a uh, viable low-end RB2, high-end RB3 type. Yeah, and then just real quick on the receivers, like Adam Thielen. I mean, we've talked about him before, but like he just keeps moving up my list. I, I, I've been very hesitant <laughs> to move old Adam Thielen up just after what he looked like last year. You know, I thought the guy was kind of washed. And, um, yeah, he's looking great, and I just I have to keep moving him up. I can't just leave him low. You know, he's he's doing it, so I got to move him up. Like you said, we're halfway through the season almost. Yep, and he hasn't slowed down yet. No, and in super deep leagues, real quick, uh, Hayden Hurst, I mean, like, if you're in a tight end premium league, like, we're in Scott Fishbowl, like, he should be on waiver wires because Tommy Tremble's overtaking him. So, like, Hayden Hurst, I like the guy. Um, good story and all that. He's bounced around a little bit, but, like, you know, like you said, like this offense can only support so much, and like the Panthers have haven't supported a tight end since like what Greg Olson. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bears. Uh, so Justin Fields is still out. Uh, Tyson Bajent is, uh, you know, getting by. I guess he's putzing around. It, well, it was like last week. It, I, there was all this, you know, talk about how Chris Collinsworth was talking about how great Tyson Bajent was playing and meanwhile they were getting blown out and he was yeah. throwing picks and <laughs> taking sacks 
But, you know, <laughs> I mean, I do feel like Tyson Bajan does look like more polished than a Division two rookie would typically look. But yeah. he's still a Division two rookie, you know. So um, clearly uh, this team is, is eager to get Justin Fields back. Uh, we just have to see when that's going to be. I think he's he's still being called week to week, and uh, Tyson Bajan's going to be locked in at least one more game, right? Yep, at least one more game. And then when Fields is back, which is going to be, let's say, you would think it would be next week, I would think. But regardless, I mean, we got Khalil Herbert coming back soon too, I would think. And this running back room, like, I would just, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, we saw Deontay Foreman have a big game of the day. Roshan's back. He's in the mix. Darrington Evans scored. You know, on a really nice play uh, against, I think, was it the Chargers that they played last week, like you were saying. So, I don't know what to do with the running backs. They're all, like, pretty much ranked, like, as outside the top 100 type guys who I don't really want on my team. Um, like you said, we were talking before the show, like, you're probably going to start Deontay Foreman in a league. I probably am, too. But then, like, next week, I don't know. It could be Khalil Herbert if he's back. <laughs> you know, it's it's just a crapshoot. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't want to be starting Deonta Foreman. I just don't have a better option uh, on right, with guys either. on by. But I, you know, I do think Deonta Foreman is a really good football player. Like, I think he's he's a pure as a pure rusher. Like, he's one of the better running backs in the league. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but I actually think it's true. I yeah. mean, like he can he can put on a a good Derrick Henry impression on his good days. You know, and uh, yeah. But this team just hasn't shown a lot of. Um, faith, faith or confidence in Deonta Foreman. They just haven't given him the opportunity. I mean, coming off that huge game uh, in week seven, uh, they they went to a full-on committee with him just because Roshan Johnson was back, and they gave Roshan Johnson the ball at the goal line, and he got stuffed. I mean, give the ball to Deonta Foreman in that situation. He's made I know. for those situations, you know? Uh, so that was head-scratching. Darrington Evans, I mean, he got a decent number of snaps, but that was all in garbage time, so... That's Early true, in the yeah. game, it was a pretty even committee between Foreman and Roshan Johnson. Uh, but like you said, once Khalil Herbert comes back, it's even more complicated. Yeah, and not only that, but like, okay, they play New Orleans this week. Carolina's a good matchup week 10. Let's say Justin Fields is back. Doesn't matter. Then th- three out of the next four weeks, they either play Detroit or they have a bye. So it's like, I mean, Detroit is a really good run defense. Like the yards per carry uh, that they're giving up, they're like top five in the league or bottom five, however we, you want to look at it. They're great. So you're not going to really want to start a bears running back like pretty much the rest of the month of November. (laughs) Unless they actually commit to it. I mean, what they should do is they should just commit to giving Deonta Foreman the ball 20 times a game, because this is not a great passing offense. They don't have a very good defense, especially after (laughs) trading. uh, Well, I guess they traded for uh, some help there, but um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But even so they're not, they're not a strong defensive unit. I mean, like they need to just, eat clock, possess the ball, you know? I mean, I know this team is – it's not like they're they're prepping for their playoff run anyway, but uh, if they actually want to win football games, I think that they need to commit to the run a lot longer than they did in that game against the Chargers. Yeah, and get to 2024. <laughs> yeah, that's the real thing they need to do. <laughs> yeah, And never throw the ball to uh, Velas Jones. <laughs> oh, man, I know. Uh, that was so bad, that drop in the end zone. Yeah. All right. Enough about the Bears. Let's move yep. on to the Bengals. Uh, we talked last week about how they uh, they were resetting, coming out of their bye, and they kept they 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 kept the momentum going. They seemed to be um, trending in the right direction all all, all across the board, um, and it's going to be fun to see what they do 
uh, now against some of these uh, top AFC uh, rivals uh, in the second half of the season. Um, I, you know, I, Joe Mixon, it was funny. I was talking about last week how he <laughs> hadn't had a big game in a really long time, hadn't looked like that old, explosive, dominant Joe Mixon. And then yeah. he had a pretty good game <laughs> last week. So uh, maybe he was listening and got motivated. <laughs> He does. He listens to the podcast for sure. Um, but yeah, I was going to say the same thing, and it wasn't just the touchdown. Like he looked explosive, you know, on his runs. So uh, yeah, I've got. I'm trying to pull up where I have Mixon. I mean, I pretty much haven't moved Mixon out of my top 15 or so. Uh, you know, running backs uh, so far. Yeah, he's right there in the top 12. Like he's he's my 18th overall player. He's your 23rd. So he's like a back end second round guy, just like he was. You know, in August when we were probably ranking him. You know, so that's still what he is. Yeah, I mean, I can't separate him and Josh Jacobs. It's just like the the usage is too good for these guys to to ever move that far down, uh, even if they are, uh, you know, not being that efficient on a per carry basis. I mean, it's kind of like Najee Harris before he uh, started losing work. <laughs> you know, because as long as you're not losing the work, like you're gonna put up the fantasy numbers, even if you don't always look that great doing it. And to be clear, I do think. Mixon and Jacobs are much better than than Najee Harris. Yep. And uh, Joe Burrow, I'll just say, like, yeah, you mentioned sort of like resetting. Like, they, they're looking good. It's, it'll be interesting to see what they do against Buffalo because that Buffalo defense has some injuries. Like, Cincinnati could win this game uh, for sure. You know, they beat San Francisco. Uh, I don't think a lot of people expected that. We both have – well, we have Joe Burrow kind of like around QB7, you know, after guys like Herbert and Tua. Uh, I actually have Burrow ahead of uh, Herbert and Tua, but combined – those guys are kind of all, you know, kind of lumped together after the, the, the big four quarterbacks. Oh, that's interesting. You moved him ahead of those two. I did. Okay. I put him, I moved him into the same tier with them. So, like, they're all back to back for me at this point in my overall rankings. Um, I, yeah. I, I think you can kind of take your pick with those three. They've all been great. Yeah. We have, we have a, we each have a top four and then we have a, a, a the next three. So, I mean, we don't really, <laughs> we don't really look at each other's rankings. We just upload and stuff and it just kind of worked out. We both have these, top two tiers like that we just have the second tier in a little bit different order yeah cool all right browns uh so where do you want to start here i mean this is another backfield that got a little more complicated last week although i i have a hunch that might have just been because jerome ford was uh not 100 percent. it was kind of amazing he even played i mean it, at first it sounded like he had a high ankle sprain yeah uh and then suddenly you know, towards what was it on Thursday or something? He he shows up at practice and looks amazing and drills and like nothing happened. Um, but he was still on the injury report, questionable. Um, did did ultimately play, but uh, basically Pierre Strong and Kareem Hunt were the two main backs in the first half of that game, and then Ford ended up uh, getting a lot of work towards the end, surprisingly. Yeah, so like you said, it was a little bit more of a three-headed monster, but I, I expect this week it's going to be more Ford and Hunt, uh, you know, and maybe Strong is the third guy who gets mixed in a little bit now that Ford's a little bit healthier. It was a surprise that he even played. Uh, for As for Week 9, like, this is a great matchup against the Cardinals. I have uh, Hunt and Ford both as, like, back-end RB2s, and, like, I could rank them both as, like, RB12 to 15, honestly. I think in order to win this game, Cleveland just needs to run the ball. They have a great offensive line. You know, they still have P.J. Walker, although I guess Deshaun Watson did practice today, so we could see Watson, but I'm just expecting Walker. Like I said, I don't think the Cardinals are going to score more than about 10 or 13 points in this game. So I think they're Cleveland would be wise to just run the ball. So I think both guys can really do well this week and, and really rest the season. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking last week about um, David Njoku and Elijah Moore. I mean, maybe if Watson is close to coming back, uh, now might be a good time to get those guys on your roster. Yep, for sure. All right. Uh, So next up we have the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And, yeah, I – I don't know. The Cowboys, like, their schedule's gotten easier, and they have started to put up huge numbers. I mean, Dak Prescott is definitely rising up my rankings. Like, he's kind of forcing his way into, like, the top 10 quarterback conversation because there is a pretty big drop-off after uh, the top seven or eight, if you want to count Kyler Murray. Uh, I feel like after that, um, you can you can make some cases for different guys. And the, with the way Dak is playing lately, um, you know, this team is just – like again, the schedule was really tough early on. Uh, their defense is the one wild card because, <laughs> I mean, they can just you know force turnovers, and um, then it's a question of are they taking them to the house or not? Because if they take them to the house, then the offense doesn't get a possession to put up numbers. If they, uh, you know, get get tackled at the thirty yard line, then all of a sudden they set up the offense in great field position, and it's 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 a good thing for the offense. So th- that's kind of the one wild card with this team because. Uh, their defense uh, has a lot of playmakers on it. Yeah. Um, like like you said, Dak is in that top 10 conversation. He's like QB 12 for us. But you mentioned Kyler. It's like you could make a, a, a case for any of these guys over Kyler. We haven't even seen Kyler yet. So, like, you could make a case for Dak over Kyler. And like you said, the schedule's looking better. Um, the other guy I wanted to talk about is Tony Pollard, who's moving down our rankings. You know, like he's no longer like this – top five running back like we were thinking Pollard was just you know going to get all the work Zeke gone you know oh they've got Rico Dowdle behind him you know we thought it might be Malik Davis earlier in the season and it's like okay he's got this to himself but like the efficiency has not been there I mean you look at especially the last month man it's been it's been rough and uh, yeah Philly is a tough matchup this week he gets Philly again uh, you know in week 14 which could be a crucial week to try and get you into the playoffs or something depending on your record so I don't know. If you believe in Pollard, I guess you could like wait till after the Philly game, which probably could be a rough one, and try to trade for him. But like he's moving down my rest season rankings. I'm not. I'm not looking to trade for Pollard. Are you? I don't know, man. I, he still like has the great usage that you want to see, and like I do still believe in the player. So I I might trade for Pollard. It depends what the price is. Um, but I feel like I had to move him down my rankings. I mean, he hasn't run for more than he had 53 rushing yards last week. And that was the most he's had since week three. (laughs) So like, I mean, it's the first three weeks of the season, he came out and, you know, ran for some decent yardage. But since then it's been a real slog. And I know part of that is again, the defense and them just not having the ball a lot. They've had a lot of wacko game scripts, but um, he's also only scored two touchdowns and they were both, in week one so right uh, it's been a real long dry spell there um yeah i don't i I have him pretty far down my rankings against philly but i i would buy i would buy pollard if if uh someone is selling low on him i'm just you know i i can't treat him the way i was coming into the season i thought he had a chance to be uh maybe even the overall rb1 this season yeah i guess you know you you and i were talking the other day about you made a trade i think it was marquise brown for rashad white in the league a non-ppr so if it's a if it's something that matches up like that, like maybe if you could trade Devontae Adams for Pollard, you know, something like that, um, that that could make a little bit of sense. Like if you if you really really need a running back and you've got tons of good wide receivers and you can, you know, you guys are both selling low in a Devontae for Pollard type deal. So maybe you make something like that happen. I could see that. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would, yeah, I would trade Devontae Adams for Pollard. Um, you know, I there's, I'm trying to think of guys who have like started hot that you could trade for Pollard. I mean, uh, you know, maybe uh, Puka Nakua or something, or Adam mm. Thielen or uh, Mike <laughs> yeah. Evans. You know, um, Jalen Waddle. These are all receivers I would trade for Tony Pollard. Um, so I'm not that out on Pollard. I still think he's going to be good. I just um, I, d- I don't think he necessarily has the elite upside that I was hoping for. Yeah, I mean, like he's in our top thirty overall in rest of season, right? Like we haven't. I'm we're, I'm sitting here talking badly about him, and it's like, yeah, he hadn't scored since week one, and the efficiency efficiency's down, but like we haven't moved him down that much. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, Dak and CD Lamb have started really cooking, so yeah, uh, and even Brandon Cooks for that matter. So uh, I I think Pollard could be next, just probably not this week against Philly. Yep. All right. Denver. Uh, Denver, yeah. So they didn't end up trading Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. So Marvin yeah. Mims, if you were stashing him, uh, you can probably <laughs> give up the dream on that one, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, unless it's some kind of keeper league or, of course, dynasty. But, like, I actually I actually stashed him in a keeper league uh, thinking, all right, one of those guys will get traded. I can have him second half of this year, maybe even a good keeper for next year. He still could be a good keeper for next year because, like, one of those guys could – I mean, this this whole team could kind of reset. So – I still like the player Mims, but yeah, for now, for redraft for this year, he's he's just falling down the list. Like, even with like uh, Brandon Johnson, did Brandon Johnson hit the IR? Uh, I know he didn't play last week. Yeah, but I think like, so. Yeah, and Mims still was not really getting the playing time. Uh, you would you would expect. Yeah, I, I honestly like Judy is falling down my rankings as well, though. I mean, like, yeah, I, Sutton wasn't that high to begin with, so like he's kind of just stayed where he was for me, but. Um, Judy's come down because I, you know, honestly, I, I might prefer Sutton over Judy at this point. It's, it's certainly very close and, um, there, there just haven't been, um, that many great games for, for Jerry Judy in a long time. And it's like, how long can he live on the pedigree of being a first round draft pick at a certain point you have to actually produce like a first round draft pick. And, uh, he just has been a little underwhelming for his entire career, honestly. Yeah, the only the only Bronco moving up is Javante. Uh, you know, he's he's moving up into our top fifty overall. You know, if you can, they, they have a buy this week, right? So like maybe you could trade for him uh, again. We talked about this last week a little bit. Like if you look at managers who have Javante, if they're really struggling with bye weeks and stuff, go go out there and make a trade offer. You know, maybe you can get get Javante for Brian Robinson plus someone, or like uh, we mentioned Rashad White. Like I'd rather have Javante than Rashad White or. I don't know. I'm just looking at some of the guys we have below Javante. There's there's a lot. So check out the site. You can look and see you know how we have Javante rest of the season versus a lot of these other guys, and maybe you try to package a two for one. Yeah, absolutely. I love that idea of trying to buy Javante Williams. In fact, now looking at my rankings, I feel like I should maybe even have him a little bit higher than I do because yeah, uh, I have him below Tony Pollard, and that's a real discussion at this point. I think. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on then uh, to the Lions and. Uh, the, the Lions were a team that actually did make a trade at the trade deadline. They acquired Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, from the Browns, uh, which does not seem like a ringing endorsement of Jamison Williams, <laughs> no. to be honest. I think Don, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a lot more uh, – he's not as flashy, but he's a lot more reliable field stretcher. Um, so, I you know, I feel like Jamison Williams is, is just not going to really be a thing this season. Uh, and Josh Reynolds is also – seen his target share completely dry up um so 
Uh, I don't think DPJ is going to be a fantasy viable player himself, but I think it's a good excuse to move on from those other two uh, Lions receivers. Yep, I would agree. And I'm just looking, Josh Reynolds, we, we talked about him a lot in the first half of the season. You know, we talk about him being underrated. You know, we like the player, but yeah, he's now down to 32% rostered. And I'm sure a lot of people are just dropping him during the bye week, which is totally fine. And since they made this trade, like, I agree, it's not really going to, you're not going to start Josh Reynolds or Donovan Peoples-Jones probably the rest of the year. Like, if you really want to, like, do a Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day DFS lineup or something, maybe you'll, <laughs> you'll plug him in. But for redraft, I don't think so. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown, Gibbs obviously looked awesome last week, but we'll have Montgomery come back next week. So that's re- that's the real thing. Like, with this offense, can those two guys both be RB1s the rest of the season? I mean, we don't have it ranked like that. We both have them, like, ranked as, like, RB2s, which they should be. But it, it could change here in the coming the coming weeks once they're off their bye. Well, which of them do you have ranked first? That's a good question. Um, let's see. I have – so Montgomery, I have 36 overall. Gibbs, I have 34. And you have Montgomery 41, Gibbs 42. So you have them back-to-back with Montgomery one spot higher, and I have it I have it slightly flipped. Yeah. Yeah, it's real close between those two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think I would go with Montgomery but it, if I had to choose. I just – I mean, when I heard Dan Campbell talking about David Montgomery, like – he just like there was a glimmer uh, in his eye like he was like <laughs> he, you loves know, he loved david montgomery <laughs> like he's just a, like a lunch pail uh kind of running back you know what i mean and i just yeah. think that dan campbell loves that kind of running back so uh but i don't know that was before he saw what jameer gibbs can can truly do when you when you let him loose with like he did last week so uh you know the genie's out of the bottle on Jameer Gibbs <laughs> at this point it's going to be very interesting yeah. to see what Dan Campbell does there but the bottom line like you said is they're both every week starters in fantasy I think once Montgomery's back yeah and it wasn't just like the catch and run with Gibbs he he just broke off some good straight up runs you know it, it wasn't even like sweeps I mean he was just some of them he was running up the middle and bouncing out like he's he's explosive in a lot of ways just not not just like the change a pace, you know, catch a catch a ball and take off. He can do it all. Yeah, he looks like Camaro to me. That's that's yeah. what he looks like. Yep. yep. All right. Uh next up we have the Packers. Um this offense just continues to trend down for me. I mean, I've been yeah. kind of out on them all along cuz I didn't believe in Jordan Love and it just seems more and more likely that the Packers themselves are going to come to that same conclusion. I mean, there's reports now that they are questioning whether he's their long-term answer a quarterback uh so i mean they're giving him this year to find out but um you know it's a messy wide receiver uh room there uh with christian watson romeo dobbs and Jaden reed all uh involved and even dontavian wicks has been getting involved a bit so uh, it's just really hard to rely on any of those guys i mean they're they're kind of like dart throw wide receiver threes um all of them yep I would agree. Uh, like they're all they're all trending down. I feel like we still probably have Aaron Jones ranked too highly, just for like what we know he can do. And the like, okay, he's getting healthy. He's got to be healthy, but like he still hasn't like overtaken AJ Dillon, which he should have last week. And like now that it's getting into the winter months, you you'll, you'll see AJ Dillon emerge. You know, and so like I don't know, man. Like I feel like maybe next week I'll be, be sitting here like looking at both AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, sort of like around like RB 30 or something like I just I'm gonna keep moving Aaron Jones down and I feel like he's too high still yeah I mean it it is related to the injury I think I you know I know you I, I know you're saying like with the weather and stuff Dylan could get more more work but I still think that Aaron Jones is the best player on this team by a lot offensively anyway so um 
I mean, like LaFleur was quoted uh, before the game last week saying, we're still going to be care- – like Aaron Jones was finally off the injury report on Friday, which was the first time that's happened pretty much all season. Yeah. Uh, but then he, he came out with a quote to pour cold water on that and said uh, – you know he's still not anywhere near a hundred percent, and we're ne- we're going to have to be careful with him. So uh, I just don't know when. Like I want to, I want some clear signal that like Aaron Jones is is a hundred percent before uh, he's going to go back to being an RB two for me. I think until then he is an RB three. Man, that's tough because like they're already past their bye. You know he had a couple weeks off there. He missed a week, and then they had the bye week, and then he got right back in there. And so in the NFL. <laughs> It's like he, unless he misses another week or two to get healthy, he's going to be playing hurt for a while, you know. Yeah, it's looking like a a, a real lost season for him, um, but there's still hope. We'll see. Let's just yeah. keep watching those practice reports. Yep. All right, uh, Texans. So uh, Damian Pierce has been losing his grasp on starting duties um, the last couple weeks, and last week it was pretty much. Uh, it's a bad situation for fantasy because Devin Singletary and Pierce were basically rotating on early downs, and then Mike Boone was the third down back. <laughs> so that's yeah. like a real problem. And now Damian Pierce is on the injury report. He missed practice today. He could not play this week, which would give Singletary a chance to be, you know, make a case to be the lead back uh, rest of season. So it's really a precarious situation for for Damian Pierce at this point. Yeah, that could be big. Uh, definitely moving them down a little bit. I, I will say that Damon Pierce almost had the first touchdown of this game. You know, he he scored and then they reviewed it. And then uh, I can't even remember the guy's name. <laughs> Fullback or somebody. Andrew you know, Beck. <laughs> yeah, fell into, the, fell into the end zone. So, like, his stat line anyway would have looked a little bit better last week. But maybe that would have just masked, masked sort of what's going on here. Like you said, it's, it is, uh, it's looking on the downturn for Pierce. I, I don't know. I don't know if you hold him, if you sell him. But, like... He's he's definitely moving down the rankings, and like you said, Singletary could have his chance this week, uh, even just to like overtake him. And 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 out of the, out of the bye week, that's kind of like what it's looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when it comes to the passing game, I, like first of all, I think the Texans' defense is a little better than people realize, especially against yeah. the pass. And they they're just not always in these game scripts where they need to throw the ball as much as um, it maybe looked earlier in the season like they were going to be. So these last few weeks, there just hasn't been that much pass volume. And that's been a problem for this team. I mean, like Tank Dell is a player I got very excited about um, after he went off for 145 yards in week three. But Mm -hmm. when you look at his season up to date now, I mean, he did miss week six with an injury. But um, he, he has only caught more than three passes in a game twice this season he's only had more than four targets in a game twice so that's just really low volume um for him I mean he's going to need more more looks than that to be a consistent every week wide receiver three I feel like um you know Nico Collins I think has also slowed down but uh, I feel a little more confident in him just uh as the the lead receiver there I mean the the target volume hasn't been amazing for him either but at least like six targets in each of the last two games um so if that's going to be like his floor for targets i think you can get by with that yeah we both have nico like 20 spots higher or so than tank dell when you look at our overall rankings on the site so yeah we're in agreement there i do think tank dell like you know getting multiple rush attempts in like three weeks straight is nice like they're finding ways to get him the ball 
and he is a very explosive player. So we'll we'll see as the second half kind of unfolds. I could see I could see flipping these guys, but we'll have to just we'll have to just see. For now, yeah, I trust the targets uh, and that Nico is the the number one guy here for now. Yeah, but the real thing is, will there be enough pass volume? Because you were hoping they would both be viable starters, and right now it it, it may it's looking like that may not be the case. Yep, agreed. All right, uh, Colts. So, you know, it's still a committee in the backfield. <laughs> like, Zach yeah. Moss has kind of been too good to phase out, even though Jonathan Taylor is playing great and is fully healthy and has the new contract. Um, you know, I, I think there was, like, a stat floating around that he had, like, all of his work and there was still a lot of time left in the game and then he didn't touch the ball again for the last quarter plus or something like that. Um so yeah, that's that's just kind of what you have to live with as a Jonathan Taylor manager. I still think he's a great fantasy option as an RB two, but he's he's not going to be an RB one with Zach Moss this involved. Yeah, I would agree, and like that, our our rankings show that. And we last week was going to be like this this week that we thought it might <laughs> the trend might continue, but it it just really like you said, you, you kind of said it all with those two. And I think if you look at the receivers, you could look at those two guys kind of like we were just talking about with Collins and Tank Dell. Josh Downs and Michael Pittman rest of the season, you know, Minshew probably helps both of their values more than having Richardson in there. He was lost, you know, a month ago at this point. Um, but like, I don't know, which one of these guys do you want? Are they every week starters? I kind of have them both every week kind of in this low end wide receiver two territory, a little bit higher than the, uh, than the Texans, just because like this offense, you know, fast pace, a lot run a lot of plays and Minshew is like, you know, maybe slinging it a little bit more like, Stroud still only had like one interception I think like he's very for a rookie especially like he's very good with you know controlling the ball and makes good decisions and Minshew maybe not so much which is fine for fantasy you know yeah also this team has a terrible defense so that's going to lead to a lot of shootout kind of scenarios as well so yeah um I I prefer Pittman pretty clearly over downs but I I do think it's like I prefer Pittman over Nico Collins and I prefer downs over Tank Dell at this point I think so um, Mm. it's kind of like um, I mean, it's close. They're both close, I suppose. But I just think Downs has a higher floor than Tank. Tank Dells feels a little more boomer bust to me, whereas um, Josh Downs seems to catch four or five balls every single week. Yeah, I'll say we, we both clearly do have Pittman over Downs, and we have Pittman clearly over Nico. But when it comes to Downs versus Tank Dell, they are back-to-back in our rankings. So it's it's very close. Razor thin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see the ceiling with Dell, you know? I mean, yeah. Like if, if it clicks, he could he could explode. Whereas Downs, I think, is just more of a high floor play. Yep. All right, Jacksonville. Um, so, you know, this team uh, is, you know, just Trevor Lawrence. It's just it's just kind of uninspiring. You know, like we were talking <laughs> yeah. about um, Kyler versus Dak. I mean, you know, I think I definitely take Kyler over Trevor Lawrence at this point, and. Uh, I think you could make a pretty good case for Dak over Trevor Lawrence. Man, gosh, it's come to that. I, <laughs> I'm pulling up the, my QB rankings. Like, I don't know that I have it like that. I've got, I mean, gosh, I I have Trevor Lawrence still. Yeah, I have him behind Kyler. I I do. <laughs> I don't have him behind Dak yet. But you're right. Like, he's Trevor's definitely trending down. Uh, I have if him you look one at our, spot ahead of Dak, but here are the guys I have him behind. Ready? Yeah. Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, and Sam Howell. 
Yeah, I haven't moved. I haven't done the Sam Howell move. I see you've moved up him up quite a bit. Like if you look at our our QB rankings, Trevor Lawrence is like the only guy with the down arrow, <laughs> pretty much. He's like the only one up there who's moving down. What's well, this? This is like a good example of how fantasy and reality don't always match. Because I undoubtedly think Trevor Lawrence is a far superior real life quarterback to Sam Howell. Like oh, it's yeah. not even close. Uh, <laughs> but like Sam Howell is a really fantasy friendly quarterback. And yeah. Trevor Lawrence is not. And the Jags are awesome. I mean, like, they're probably going to win that. I, I shouldn't say awesome. Like, they're, they're really good. And they're probably going to win that division. So, like, Trevor Lawrence, if you're a Jags fan, you're fine, right? <laughs> Travis yeah. Etienne, like, we both have him as, like, you know, top, our number two uh, overall running back. So, we've got Christian McCaffrey and then Travis Etienne. So, like, you know, rest of the season, if, if someone doesn't value him that way, again, they have a bye this week. So, same type of deal. You won't be able to do the two for one like we talked about with Javante. You'd have to give up a lot more, you know, to get ETN. But like, you still might be able to do it depending on his manager. So those are the kinds of guys you want to look at who are on their bye week, who are trending up, and ETN can't trend up much more because he's right there near the top now. Yep, yep. And I think we've talked enough about Zay uh, about uh, Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. I mean, Ridley. Yeah. Um, th- there was some reason to believe he'd have a good game last week, and he did. So that's that's a positive. But. Um, you know, I still lean Kirk rest of season, but they're they're both they're both solid plays. Sure. All right, uh, the Chiefs. So they they are coming off a debacle uh, against Denver, just really poor performance all around. And you know, I, I feel like last time we were talking about the quarterbacks, you were saying you had uh, two tiers at the top, and your first tier was Hertz and Mahomes, right? And your second tier was Allen. And Lamar Jackson, has that changed after this performance by Mahomes? Because if, if anything, I think it's if if <laughs> I think there could be two tiers, but I don't think Mahomes should be in the first one. No, and you know what? I'm kicking myself for not moving him down a little bit when the stuff about him having the flu came out. Like I, I left him as like my QB three or something last week, and I really should have moved him down at least a couple spots. I, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass. I know that like it's Denver, and he should have played better, but. The dude was sick, um, and this this week they have like the highest implied point total this game in Frankfurt versus Miami. Yeah, so like, yeah, if this week if they don't score three touchdowns, if I mean his over under for passing touchdowns is set at two and a half, so like that's that's wild. Almost every quarterback is set like at one and a half. Like that's for Mahomes, it's two and a half. So like, yeah, if he, I'll be worried if he doesn't have a good game this week. But like, now I have a well, I did adjust it a little bit. I have Hurts, uh, Allen. And Mahomes, actually, I have Hertz, Mahomes, Allen in a tier of three. Then I have Lamar, like maybe ten spots lower, and then I have that other tier. So like, I'm still not like having Lamar in that group of four. Maybe I should, but like, I still have Mahomes up there with like the big three for me. Yeah, I've got him in the second tier with with Lamar behind. I think Hertz and I think Allen and Hertz are are clearly the top two at this point. Personally, okay. um, I just think they have such better weapons. I mean, like. It's nothing against Patrick Mahomes. I think he's probably still the best quarterback in the NFL from a pure ability standpoint, but um, he just doesn't have the weapons. I mean, I you know, and and I think it's it's and they also this team has a great defense, so uh, he doesn't need to do as much. Um, they have a really uh, better running game than they usually have had in past seasons with Pacheco. So um, you know. Uh, Mahomes has only been a top 10 quarterback in, in four out of uh, his eight games so far this season. So, um, you know, and he had that great game in week seven against the Chargers, but that was the only one where he really broke the slate. I mean, the other, 
The other ones were solid games, but not spectacular. You mentioned two and a half touchdowns is over under. He's only beaten that twice this season so far. So, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. You know, if you have him, you're obviously <laughs> playing him each and every week. It's just, for me, it's been uh, slightly underwhelming. Yeah, and if you have Rasheed Rice, you've probably been starting to play him pretty much every week. We were just talking about Downs and Tank Dell. We have Rasheed Rice. Uh, it looks like I think we both have Rasheed Rice higher than those two rookies. So when you were, at least in our combined rankings, we do. You know, so Mahomes is uh, putting Rasheed Rice on the map, as it were. Yeah, like as a wide receiver three, though, really. You know, yeah. I don't think he's a wide receiver two. Like he never seems to put up a lot of yardage. It's he, but he he's a pretty good bet to find the end zone in any given week. Yeah, it seems like forever ago that we were talking about Sky Moore and guys like that, you know? Oh, man, what a bust. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Chargers. So, yeah, this this team seems to be uh, continuing to trend up, I think. Like, Justin Herbert looks great right now. Um, you know, they there was questions about what would happen once they lost Mike Williams, but I think that game last week was a, um, a big one for them to get back on track against the Bears and – they do have a tough schedule coming up, but uh, when Herbert's going well, when Keenan Allen's going w- healthy and going well, uh, when Austin Eckler is healthy, um, this is a, a, a still a, a elite offense. Yeah, I've, I've I've got those those guys all ranked pretty highly, the, at least the number one guys. Then when you start getting into Joshua Palmer, Quentin Johnson, it was nice that Johnson like had a decent game finally. And this week, you know, Palmer got a little bit dinged up, and they play the Jets, like you said, tough, tougher matchups ahead. This starting with this week on Monday night, if Palmer doesn't play, you know, you would think, well, Quentin Johnston might become a flex play or something. But I'm worried about <laughs> the matchup with this, this those corners. Yeah. Um, I think this could be a tough sledding. I think this could be an undertype game. Um, but yeah, like they're they're past their bye. I hope Palmer can can kind of get healthy, even if he needs to miss a game. Uh, I hope he can kind of get healthy because he's he's looked really good. We've talked about him before as like a kind of an every week flex play at this point. Yeah, like watching that game when he suffered the knee injury at first, it looked really serious. I was very concerned, and then he came back into the game. So, right, uh, the fact he was able to play the rest of the game makes me think he's going to be he's going to play this week too. Um, but Quentin Johnson, you know, I have to say he looked a lot better in this game than he has earlier in the season. Like he seemed to um, just have a little more chemistry um, with Justin Herbert and uh, was able to run effective routes on both sides of the formation, which in college, he only ran them all on one side. They were talking about that on the telecast. Uh, So like Mm -hmm. limited, uh, you know, he's a raw prospect. We have to remember that, but um, I feel like he showed a little more polish in this game, which is encouraging, at least from a dynasty perspective. I still think, um, he's going to be wildly inconsistent this season and is probably not a must-roster player uh, in redraft leagues. Yep, I would agree. Yep. All right, uh, Rams. So Matthew Stafford is dealing with a thumb injury, sort of similar to uh, Justin Fields, but less severe, it sounds like. Um, it's a UCL sprain, I think is what they're calling it. Uh, yep. Is it UCL? I thought that was like in the arm, but whatever. <laughs> it's a <like laughs> thumb sprain. There's another uh, U somewhere. Another, another U, U yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Champions League, uh, but no. Um, so obviously Matthew Stafford is essential to this offense, and uh, if he doesn't play, if Brett Rippon is the quarterback this week, then uh, it's a pretty massive downgrade for Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Um, but 
it's it, it it's sounding like Matthew Stafford at most would miss one game because they have a bye uh, in Week Ten. So um, we're looking at very questionable. I feel like for this week against Green Bay, uh, which is not a great matchup anyway. No, um, but then after that, it should be it should be okay for this team. And there's it's just a very fantasy friendly setup with them, and they should get Kieran Williams back uh, after the bye as well. Yeah, and in the meantime, you can you can play Darrell Henderson. You might only have like I guess maybe one at most two more games uh, to play him. But you know, even the, even if it's ripping, I feel like they're probably going to feed him, and you know, get, he'll probably catch some passes out of the backfield because Royce Freeman just ran the ball. You know, Henderson was the one catching passes, so I feel like in a pinch you can you can flex him even with ripping behind center. But you're right for this week, those other guys are moving down. If you're hurting, you know, if you only have like a couple wins and you're in win now mode, like I feel like you got to move guys like Nakua. Or cup, you know, it, it stinks because we both still have them pretty highly uh, in our rest of season rankings. But like, if you need to win now, you know, this is a terrible week for them if they have if they don't have Stafford and then they have a bye week and you you need to start getting some wins if you're if you're down there with just a couple wins and don't give up yet. Make a trade. Yeah, those are always the toughest ones for me to to to, to do when I have to trade a player that is that good. I mean, you can't take a you can't take a huge discount. You know, like no, you, you gotta find a comparable player and a, a reason that the other manager will want to do it. Like maybe they just like, you know, cup or Nakua more than the other comparable player, but you don't want to take a, a season long downgrade. Right? No, I, I totally agree. But I think, I think you got to take a, know your team, take a hard look. If, if you're, if you're struggling, I mean, thankfully I don't have, I don't have any teams like that outside of dynasty <laughs> that, are, that are struggling right now. But if you do in redraft, yeah, you got to take a hard look at yourself. Yep. Nah, makes sense. All right, uh, Raiders. So they they just fired uh, Josh McDaniels uh, today. Fired everybody. <laughs> yeah, fired fired the offensive coordinator, uh, general manager. A, yeah, general manager. Clean cleaning house. Um, it was probably overdue <laughs> with this yeah. team. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo benched for Aiden O'Connell, the rookie. Uh, De- Devontae Adams clearly displeased uh with this entire situation he thought he was coming to the raiders to play with Derek carr instead yeah. he's dealing with this mess not that Derek carr was amazing either but better than this <laughs> um so yeah i mean where, where what do you do you have any optimism for the raiders rest of season at this point <laughs> well we talked about this last week and uh i went back and listened to what we talked about it was funny because I was saying in deep league stash Aiden O'Connell because, you know, they lose a couple games, it's going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen this quick. And, of course, you were saying, well, you know, Josh McDaniels is fighting for his job, which he was, but, like, he He wasn't trying hard (laughs) enough. Yeah, he was not trying hard enough. Um, But here we are. You know, Devontae Adams is awesome. You know, great target target share. He's still out there. I mean, Jimmy G missed him twice. He was wide open. You know, he could have had a huge game uh, if, you, you know, if you watch that game on Monday night. Um, I've moved Devonte down to like 21st overall. I see you have him at 35th. So you moved him down a little bit more, which probably makes a little bit more sense. I probably should move him a little bit down a little bit more. If, if they go with Aiden O'Connell, like rest of season, I'll probably move Devonte down a little bit more because even though Jimmy G was missing him, he's probably, you know, O'Connell's probably not an upgrade over the veteran at this point. Don't you think? Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to think he would be. I mean, I don't think he can be much of a downgrade because Garoppolo was playing so poorly, but Right. Um, it still doesn't feel like an upgrade. And um, I do have a sneaking suspicion, though, that like they're going to feed Devontae Adams the rock 
uh, this this coming week because oh yeah they I think they're concerned he uh, he just is gonna want out and uh, they want to appease him so um, we'll see uh, I feel like that could put a little dent in Jacoby Myers who put up um, some sneaky good numbers for a few weeks there but uh, and he's a he's an underrated player too but um, you know I think if Adams starts getting force fed the ball more uh, it might be hard for Myers to. Uh, continue to be an, a wide receiver too in fantasy. Yeah, you know that squeaky wheel narrative is a is a real. It's a narrative, but it's a it's also a real thing. It happens especially with receivers. It seems, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say, like they ran the ball pretty well last week. I mean, yeah. Josh Jacobs ran right right through the the middle of the line uh, for some big gains. So that was that was at least a little encouraging. Um, the Jimmy G thing is rough though. They got him. 11 million guaranteed next year and then another 11 million if he's like still on the roster on March 5th or something. So, uh yeah, it's a it's a messy situation there. Yeah, I would I would stay away from this game if if I was betting, you know, on a side one way or the the other for week 9 just because you got so many emotions, right? When you lose the coach and all these guys and you've got Antonio Pierce, former Giant taking over as interim head coach. They're playing the Giants, you know, the cross country like you might be tempted to bet the Giants, right? Thinking, oh, this team's in shambles. I mean, often teams will play inspired, right? And they've got this coach who used to play for this team. Like, this is a stay away for me. <laughs> like, I agree with you that, like, Devontae, I think they'll just feed him. But as far as, like, a side, I, would, I wouldn't know where to begin. I'd stay away from this one. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> All right, next game is the Dolphins. Or next team is the Dolphins. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to talk about here, really. I mean, they're one week away from getting Devon Achain back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Salvin Ahmed was still playing some, but Jeff Wilson got a little more involved uh, last week behind Raheem Mostert. Uh, but I, I feel like it's going to be Achain and Mostert um, as long as they're healthy uh, once starting as soon as next week. So uh, don't need to read the tea leaves too much between Wilson and Ahmed, I feel like. i tell you what, man. You moved Achain up a lot. Uh, <laughs> you moved him up to 26 overall and Mostert at 25. So you've got him back to back both right there. Like that's, I mean, obviously the dude was awesome, but it was, it was hyper efficient, explosive plays kind of unsustainable. So like I, we're, we're going to differ a little bit on here and maybe, you know, maybe I'll end up moving him up a little bit more once he's back and has another hundred yard rush two touchdown game. But like, I just, I tend to think like he just had some really, great games and then coming off the injury i'm just a little tentative you know like moving them that that far up just yet okay yeah i mean maybe that's now that you mention it maybe it's a little too high for both of them um but i I don't know i i still feel like this team just knows how to run the ball i mean they're they're such an effective team running the football yeah and those guys are so fast like they can either of them can take the ball to the house at any at any given time so uh i still think they're at worst high-end RB2s if they're getting the kind of workload they were before HN got hurt. I mean, if it's if you're just looking at 10 to 15 touches each, that's enough to do it. Well, whether it's too high or not, I, I will say, like, I know that, like, it, these these rankings will tell you everything you need to know about, like, should you trade for a guy. So you probably are thinking, hey, now's the time <laughs> to trade for HN, right? Like, don't wait two weeks and he comes back. I mean... Because his value, I mean, like, I just think it's very aggressive. Like, if you looked at other people's rest of season rankings, which I don't, I'm guessing it would be even lower than maybe where we have him, but definitely lower than where you have him. It's, it's probably aggressive, but it probably tells people to maybe think about trading for him. I mean, he was, like, 
the best running back in the league for a couple weeks there. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's easy to forget when he's stashed on IR for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, anything else you want to talk about the Dolphins? I mean, Tyreek continues to be amazing. Waddle's been trending up. Yeah, I mean that's 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 it. Yeah, Waddle trending up, I think is 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 good, right? I mean, because like three weeks ago, we were kind of getting worried about guys like him and Devonte Smith, and and guys like that are you know showing up lately. Yeah, I like to me. There's a difference now between Waddle and Devonte Smith because I'm still kind of worried about Devonte Smith in that regard. Uh, not as much with Waddle. I just think he's getting more volume than Smith is, uh, probably yeah. because they don't have a tight end like Dallas Goddard around. <laughs> right, they have Durham Smythe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, the Vikings, another team with a new quarterback. Uh, Kirk Cousins has torn his Achilles and is out for the season. Even if he gets the Aaron Rodgers uh, medical treatment, he's not going to be back before <laughs> the end of the season. Um, so, I, you know, they, they go out and trade for Joshua Dobbs, uh, but they're going to start the rookie Jaron Hall uh, this week. They also have Nick Mullins on IR. He's eligible to come back as soon as next week. Uh, but it seems like Dobbs is probably going to be their rest of season starter starting in week 10. Uh, either way, I mean, Joshua Dobbs started out all right this season, but, I mean, that Cardinals offense had really been trending down uh, for the last month plus that he was starting for them. So this feels like a pretty massive downgrade to me to TJ Hawkinson. Uh, to Jordan Addison, who has really emerged. And then I have to say, and really, you know, we heard that Justin Jefferson is supposed to be back sooner than later, but what's his incentive to rush back at this point? I know. Like, this, t- I mean, the Lions are going to run away with this division. Uh, the Packers might hang around. I mean, we just got done talking about how they're all trending down. But the Vikings, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be able to hang around at all. And we have Jeff. We have Justin Jefferson. I have him at thirtieth overall. You have him at forty six. Um, it, it's he's really tough to rank right now. Like I don't know. Maybe he should be like a hundredth overall. I, I really don't know. Maybe he should be higher. Um, but maybe I'm. Maybe we're kind of splitting the difference here because you're right. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it right now. I'll have a better idea in a week or two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my concern is twofold. It's one that he's going to have subpar quarterback play, and two yeah. that he might not come back at all, or it might he might wait a few more weeks you know I mean they're technically you know they're in the playoff hunt right now but it's hard to believe this team can make the playoffs with their quarterback situation I tell you what one thing I am going to do this week with my QB rankings is as long as Dobbs is active I am going to rank him because while they're going to start Jaron Hall I wouldn't be surprised if Dobbs comes in at halftime you know if they're trying to win this game I think both quarterbacks might play here whether they come out and say it or not I don't know that Jaron Hall makes it through the whole game Mm mm-hmm any thoughts on the backfield? I mean, it seems like Madison has kind of maintained the lead, um, but, you know, Akers has gotten a little bit more involved at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, Madison is about out of our top 100. It looks like he is out of your top 100 overall. And so, yeah, uh, Akers is trending up. It, I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't say Akers is trending up because he's like, he just is trending up in relation to Madison. Yeah, Madison's I have Madison's trending down. Yeah, yeah, I have Madison at 80th overall, and then I have Acres at 105. So I have him a lot closer than you have him. You have him about 50 spots apart. So I'm, I'm, I'm really that gap is narrowing for me. I think Acres could overtake him if this season turns into Josh Dobbs just kind of playing out the second half, and Justin Jefferson doesn't come back. I could see them just playing Acres a little bit more. I don't know. I could see them playing Ty Chandler a little bit more. I don't know. They could. I, like to me, they like. 
after week seven, I was moving them closer together because it looked like Acres was making a push to make it more of an even committee. But then in week eight, it reverted back to, uh, you know, Madison playing almost three times as many snaps as Acres. So yeah, uh, I, it's hard to read much into that. I just uh, to me, they both get a big downgrade just because the the upside's not there. I mean, even if you're the lead back in this offense, how valuable is that going to be? I mean, this team hasn't really run the ball well all season, and now they're going to score fewer points without Kirk Cousins. Uh, so, you know, they're kind of fighting for a bad – it's kind of it's kind of the upside – it's sort of like the Carolina situation, you know? Like, it, the upside is Chuba Hubbard, basically. Yeah, I, I will say I do think it's downgrade all around, but I I think Hawkinson could be the exception, and so I haven't moved Hawkinson down uh, very much. I still have him as like a top fifty overall player because with Dobbs, like we saw Zach Ertz getting a ton of targets, um, you know, and Trey McBride. Maybe that was an offense thing. Uh, maybe it was a short yardage thing for Dobbs. So like I could see where he could focus in, and Hawkinson could still be a big part of this offense, even though it might be one that can't move the ball very well. Oh, I still think he'll be a big part of the offense. I just think the scoring upside for the whole offense is so much lower. That's the thing for me. I mean, he's still going to get a lot of targets. I agree. I just, like, I think I, I moved him down into a tier with um, with uh, George Kittle and Sam Laporta. So, okay, yeah. You know, because I just, for me, he was, like, clearly the tight end three before, and now he's more muddled with those guys, like, further away from Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. I gotcha. Yeah. So really, when I look at ours as like tiers, uh, we pretty much have them uh, very similar. Then. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on Minnesota? Nah, that's it. All right. Patriots. Uh, God, it's just it's just so gross, and it continues Pass. to get grosser. <laughs> uh, Kendrick Bourne is out for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, so the rookie Demario Douglas has kind of stepped into a, a prominent role. He didn't put up gouty uh fantasy stats last week but he did play a lot of snaps uh it seems like he by default might be their wide receiver one at this point yeah man i mean like they've got what jalen rager juju's terrible um Devontae parker could be out with a concussion i think this week i mean like taekwon thornton was inactive last week but if he's healthy he might get some run i don't know like Sean Butte could be I, I don't know what i don't know what it's gonna look like this week i'm i'm kind of interested to see i think um when i look at props i might try to bet on demario uh demario douglas douglas you know maybe over definitely over three and a half receptions maybe over four and a half you know like he's gonna get some volume this week and and moving forward i think like he was he was we don't we didn't do a waiver wire show we're not really doing that anymore but he's definitely moved up the rankings and he would have been a, a, a good waiver wire guy to add for cheap this week you might be able to like against washington Good matchup. They give up a lot of explosive plays. I could see him catching one five year five yards down the field and just taking it, you know, to the house even. So I think that's how like uh, Demario Douglas is going to do it. Yeah, I was going to say I, I prefer betting on his over on receptions rather than on yards because yep. it could be a lot. It could be a lot of low low a dot uh, lack of fantasy production. I mean, I think he's only an option really in deeper leagues, honestly. Yep. Well, I'll be. T- I'll text you about that receptions mark when I see it. Okay. Sounds good. I'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it was another rough day at the office for Ramondre Stevenson, but he is still holding off Zeke. So at least there's that. Yeah. There's not a. Whole, I don't. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, let's move on. All right. Saints. Uh, Chris Olave just continues to disappoint. He's getting tons of targets and tons of air yards. Uh, but somehow Rashid Shahid 
is the one who's getting better fantasy numbers. <laughs> I know, man. Um, so it's crazy. I mean, Michael Thomas has been the, the consistent one. I mean, he's like four for 60 every week, basically. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of stubbornly ranking Alave highly uh, just because he's getting the targets. He is talented. Like, you have to figure at some point he and Derek Carr get on the same page. I know it feels a little bit like Aaron Jones to me. I know that Olave is way younger and more explosive and stuff, but like I just it, he feels too high. <laughs> but uh, we'll see as as the season unfolds. Uh, but yeah, he's he's still like a top fifty player for us, and he's he's around wide receivers like Christian Kirk and DJ Moore and T Higgins and some of these guys. But he's not. I don't know. Like he's. I, I guess he he belongs with with guys like DJ Mo- DJ Moore and T Higgins. Uh, you know, in the same breath as them. Rest of the season, but Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. I mean, Garrett Wilson to me is getting, yeah, I guess that makes sense. They're both getting a lot of target volume. Both were guys who were like top 12 preseason, you know, guys who could break out and uh, just haven't really done it for, for very, for different reasons. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, it's more understandable why Wilson hasn't done it with yeah. the injury to Aaron Rodgers. Like Alave, like it's just hard to understand, you know, it is. And Carr has been like a top 12 to 15 fantasy quarterback. Like he's solid. Like he's had, like he's it's had years, dump like, offs though. Yeah, that's true. It is a lot of dump offs. It's all the Camara, which is why Camara is better than Bijan Robinson this season. <laughs> and we're back to that. <laughs> you said we were going to talk about it when we talked about the Saints. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, no, you're right. As far as Carr, like, and Carr is not like Carr is someone I would start this week, but he's not someone that you necessarily want to be your your quarterback rest of the season. Like, he's someone that I'll rank as like my QB fifteen rest of the season because that's what he'll be. But you don't necessarily yeah. want him. Yeah, he's like top ten in these really favorable matchups when a bunch of other guys are on by but like yeah qb 15 that sounds about right yeah um Taysom hill too i mean he did it again last week and he does it in a different way i mean Juwan johnson comes back and suddenly Taysom hill's not running routes and catching passes anymore he's throwing the ball and he's running the ball uh he scores touchdowns he gets fantasy points i like i feel like it's one of those things where you don't need to figure out how he's going to get the fantasy points you're just you just want the fantasy points it doesn't matter which way they come so uh like it's he's he remains like the hardest player for people to rank in in all of fantasy football in my opinion but I feel like people are kind of sleeping on the fact that like he could be a top five tight end yeah man I I tell you what we played each other as you know last week in dynasty you beat me by I don't know, 15, 20 points or whatever it was. I was so glad that you actually didn't beat me by like five points because I started Cole Komet over Taysom Hill. And you traded me Taysom Hill like, you know, last year. So like, I don't know why I didn't play him against you. I really should have. Revenge game. I know. I should have done it. Um, but it didn't matter for the matchup, which I was happy about. But yeah, like rest of season, like I'm, I'm looking where he is. You know, Darren Waller. Drop Darren Waller. Pick up Taysom Hill. You know, oh, yeah. John, John, John U. Smith. Like he's trending down, uh, uh, you know, and he's think think he's, they still have their bye week. Like, add Taysom Hill. Um, I don't know. There's there's some other guys like I just mentioned Cole Komet. Like there's some other guys who like it's it's closer for me. Um, but like, yeah, there's there's a lot of guys down there. If you look at our tight end rankings, you can sort them by mine. You can sort them by Andrews. You can see the combined Taysom Hills. He's moving. He's trending up. I have him ahead of Kyle Pitts now. Ooh, I am I ahead don't. of David and Joku. I've got him ahead of Cole Komet, who you mentioned. I've got him ahead of Jake Ferguson and Logan Thomas. He's in a tier with those guys, so it's not like a slam dunk for me. But like, I think honestly, like after you get past like Kincaid and McBride, that tier, like he's the next guy on my list. 
Yeah, I, I I haven't moved him up uh, quite that much, but like, I, yeah, it's going to be inconsistent from week. Like, there, right. he'll have some dud weeks, but what most tight ends do, you know, but yep. his ceiling weeks are incredibly high. Like, they're higher <laughs> than even Travis Kelsey's ceiling weeks. Yeah. Um, well, anyone else, or you want to move on to the to the Giants? We can talk about. We were just talking about Waller, so <laughs> we can talk about the Giants, I guess. Uh, Daniel Jones back this week. Uh, good timing because Tyrod Taylor is out. Um, you know, the receiving core remains a complete headache. Like last week, I think Isaiah Hodgins was suddenly getting more snaps and Jalen Hyatt was getting fewer, uh, <laughs> you know, and Darius Slayton was leading them in snaps and getting no targets. And, you know, Wandale Robinson gets like, you know, five catches for 20 yards. It's just like, I mean, not last week. The team as a whole had seven passing yards last week. Yeah, last week was uh, crazy. Yeah, so uh, it's just, I mean, we know not to start any uh, Giants wide receivers. Now Darren Waller is going to be out for weeks, so you you can cut him if you can't put him on IR. Um, I mean, it's really just Saquon Barkley. I mean, Daniel Jones, to me, is not uh, in consideration as a streaming quarterback until we see him start playing like he did last year. Yep. I mean, I would agree. This this week is it's close, right? Like I saw you tweet something about like if you don't have one of the top what eight or ten guys uh, for as far as quarterbacks, it's ugly. Like that's kind of where Daniel Jones is. He's on that cusp for me, but it's tough coming off the injury and stuff. So uh, you you probably feel better about starting someone else. Like you worry about it, like a mid game injury and things like that. But I think you said it all with the Giants. Like you don't start the receivers, cut Darren Waller, and you know it, it's really just Saquon for right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't care that he's playing against Las Vegas. I have Daniel Jones, my QB 21 this week on a week where four teams are on bye. I mean, Man. like, yeah, I, let's let's be blunt about this. Outside of the second half of the game against Arizona, he's been terrible this season, like <laughs> terrible. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just like I can't I can't put him in a fantasy lineup, even in a super flex league. I would hope I would have two better quarterbacks to use. Yeah. And then he gets Dallas next week. So. Yeah, he should be on the waiver wire. <laughs> and honestly, when it comes to Saquon, like he's been doing great, and we know he's a great player. But if I could trade him for like a, a comparable running back that's not on a team that's cratering, I think I might do that because I just work. I mean, first of all, we know Saquon has the injury history. But yep. second of all, I mean, he just might lose any motivation to play, <laughs> you know. And like, I it, things are going in a bad direction with this team, and. uh yeah, I mean his contract situation is still uh, up in the air, so I, I don't know. I uh, I just I, I I feel a little nervous about Saquon rest of season. Yeah, I mean we have him ranked pretty highly, but I I agree with you. I think if you can sell high on him after like people see the usage, they see the name, you know. But like he's he's doing what he can behind a struggling or you know injured offensive line, and yeah, the team you know could be cratering or is cratering like you said. So I, I agree with that. I like it. Yep. Okay, Jets. Uh, so, Brees Hall, where, he just is like – I mean, he's already kind of jumped to the very top of our rankings. Um, oh, yeah. We both have him in the top 10 now. Uh, I've got him 8. You've got him 10. Yep. Uh, you said you have him over RB1 for this coming week. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just – he's kind of the show here. I mean, Garrett Wilson uh, is such a talented player that he continues to uh, – he won't go down fighting. You know, he's still in that, like – low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three conversation uh, just because of how good he is. But uh, this team, I just feel like they're just – they're they're killing their season by sticking with Zach Wilson. Like, 
this is a team that should have gone out and made a trade for a quarterback. Absolutely. Even, you know, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, like there's so many names out there. And I know those teams want to keep those guys. And But like you saw reports where some of those teams would have taken, you know, a fifth round, sixth round, whatever, uh, you know, like, like what Josh Dalton, maybe not as low as Dobbs, but maybe like, why would the Jets not be doing that? And maybe they had some of those conversations. Maybe we don't hear that, but yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because this defense to me is elite. Uh, they, they're, the defense is really good, and like they, you know, you can play the matchups the rest of the season. Uh, but they're, I have to look at, I know we don't talk defense too much because it doesn't really like make that much difference, but like they've got to be like on my top like five. Yeah. They're, they're, they're number three for us combined, uh, rest yeah. of the season. Yeah. I, I made a decision. It, I mean, again, it, it does depend what your scoring format is because with team defenses, it does vary a fair amount from league to league Mm -hmm. but if you play in those standard um scoring formats for dsts where uh points allowed are not as important as turnovers and sacks uh of course defensive touchdowns um i i think that they're an elite defense i mean like they have some tough matchups but they've even put up good fantasy points in their tough matchups like they've done well against buffalo they've done well against kansas city like you know, this is a this is a team that I just feel like you can start them every single week and not worry that much about who they're playing. Like this week, they're playing the Chargers. That's not a good matchup, <laughs> but like yeah. you still play them because that's just what this defense is. Like, I mean, they've been good against Philly. Like, you know, I mean, this is a this is just a defense that you uh, that you don't sit. Absolutely, and like I don't tend to have two defenses. Uh, sometimes I do here and there, but I like to use the waiver wire and stuff for other positions. But once we get, you know, week twelve, week thirteen, you start looking ahead to fantasy playoffs and stuff. And I definitely like to have two defenses. And they play at Miami week fifteen, which is could be rough. Um, <laughs> you might yeah. want to start someone else. You might not. It's that's that's pretty far in the future. But then week sixteen, they're at home to Washington. Week seventeen at Cleveland. Who knows who's going to be the quarterback and how many, you know, like it could be cold. It could be nasty. Like both of those for the fantasy playoffs are great. So like, this is not someone, this is not a defense that I'm going to drop at any point. You know, if I have to keep two defenses through a couple weeks, I might do that or just play them every week. Like you said. Yeah. I think I just play them. Yeah. Um, anything else on this team? I mean, it's just, it's pretty much just Holland and Wilson as far as the offensive players go. Yeah. Drop Dalvin cook. I mean, he's just, he's so far down. Like, you know, I don't know why people keep, guys like him <laughs> yeah i'm still holding him in our dynasty league but that's a 30-man roster <laughs> sure yeah yeah yeah. all right uh eagles uh, i mean they might be the best team in the nfl they might be the best offense in the nfl uh what aj brown is doing is just completely insane right now over like 125 yards every single game yeah um, you know i mentioned my my qualms with devonta smith like I still think his his target volume is a little lacking, um, but DeAndre Swift has been great. Hurts uh, is great. I mean, this is just a team with you. You start your Eagles, and that's pretty much all there is to it, right? Yeah, I mean, Hurts is my number one quarterback. I know he's got some tougher matchups coming up, starting with Dallas this week. But I don't. I, mean, I don't really care. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't need to tell anyone to like play him. But I mean, he's someone who, if you've been struggling at quarterback or if you want to trade for a quarterback like I've done that in years before a couple years ago I won a a league where and I traded for Josh Allen you know like you can you can trade for quarterback you know trade a quarterback plus to get a better quarterback um not 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 a trade that I'm often doing but yeah why not I don't have it I don't have a whole lot to say for any of the other Eagles like it's like 
AJ Brown, I saw you moved up to like what third overall. <laughs> so yeah, I bumped him just ahead of Kelsey. So yeah, it's just been that good. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um. So we've got the Steelers next, and uh, you know Deontay Johnson has been back for two weeks now, and he's just getting fed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of come at the expense of George Pickens, who um, is not running the same kind of routes that he was when when Deontay Johnson was out. I think he's getting back to that big play guy that's going to be a little more inconsistent. Like it's like Deontay Johnson is the Stephon Diggs and Pickens is the Gabe Davis, you know? Yeah, for sure. And like I've I've got Deontay, you know, higher. I've, I've I probably have him considerably higher rest of the season. And uh, I think Jalen Warren, you know, it could be coming at his expense a little bit too. That first week, he just had one one catch on two targets. Now last week, he had four catches. So that that was good to see for Warren. So hopefully that trends back up. That he's still catching balls out of the backfield, and there's enough to go around that Warren can still be you know a flex option and have that upside in case Najee gets hurt. But both of those guys are pretty far down. Uh, you know, you, you're not crazy about either of those guys unless I guess if Najee got hurt, I'd be excited about Warren. But that's about it. Yeah, it's Pittsburgh is is not not one of the offenses you're looking for reasons to start guys from. Nope. All right, uh, Seattle. So Jackson Smith and Jigba has kind of come on recently. Um, yeah. But you know, I I still think you know he's going to be inconsistent because DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett aren't going anywhere. Um, but I guess the biggest thing here is is the running back situation. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker was on the uh, injury report with a calf issue during the week. He got taken off the injury report and played, but Zach Charbonnet got a lot more work. Sometimes, you know, guys, if guys miss some practice time, that the other guy gets worked in more, and then he gets rewarded by getting more of an opportunity in the game. So maybe that's what was going on there, uh, yeah. rather than the fact that Walker was actually hurt. Um, but regardless of what it was, I mean, Zach Charbonnet looks good. You know, like he's a good player. And I, I'm not sure there's much of a. This is was my take coming into the season that I just don't think there's much of a, a talent gap between these two guys, and either one of them can be really good if given an opportunity. So uh, it's hard to know where we're left at now after this game because, uh, you know, in this game uh, it was really a, a pretty even committee. Uh, in fact, Charbonnet played more. He played uh, 59% of the snaps to 41% for Walker in this game. So. Uh, going forward, it's hard to project uh, what this split is going to be. I don't think it's likely to go back to being a, a 75-25 kind of split like it was back in week six. I agree. I think this would definitely stay, stay more like a 50-50. Uh, Kenneth Walker, I thought this would happen sooner. Like, they had a week five bye. I thought for sure after that it was going to be Charbonnet. But, like, you know, Charbonnet's been a little bit dinged up himself, so it didn't kind of work out that way until really week eight last week. And, uh, yeah, I think it's here to stay. Kenneth Walker, I still have as, uh, I mean, he's he's our RB, what, seven or eight um, with guys like Derrick Henry and Bijan, some of these Joe Mixon types that we've talked about. But, you know, he's definitely trending down because I, I had him, like, <laughs> as my RB three last week, and then I was like, whoa, here's Charbonnet. So I've moved Walker down. Charbonnet's inside our top 100. So they're definitely trending in different directions right now. Yeah, I'm just looking now, like, what I did with Walker. I, I mean, I, I put him behind some other running backs like Derrick Henry and DeAndre Swift um, at this point. So yeah, uh, Saquon and, and Eckler. Uh, so he's still like, he's still definitely a top 10 
fantasy running back. But yeah, I mean, he is trending down a little bit and it will be interesting to see. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, that Charbonnet ends up holding on to the lead job. It could happen. All right. Uh, 49ers. So they're on by this week. So those of us with Christian McCaffrey are struggling and having to start guys like Deonta Foreman. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy has kind of had a rough go of it the last couple of weeks. The 49ers as a whole have had a rough go. They After their strong start, they've dropped a few games here. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been missing Debo Samuel. He should be back after the bye. So they'll be back at full strength. Also missing Trent Williams uh, was probably huge. a huge loss for them. Exactly. So uh, I, I still think this team goes back to uh, find, you know, gets back in gear after the bye. Um, so I'm not too worried. Uh, I think it's kind of a situation that we know pretty well at this point. You know, it's uh, Brandon Ayuk and McCaffrey as, as the top dogs, and then Kittle and, and Debo Samuel as well. Yeah, and um, they traded for Chase Young, you know, traded a third-round pick, so bolstering that defense. I know we were just talking about defenses, so 49ers are up there as well. Uh, that only helps their cause. If you, 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 They're another defense that I, you know, you're going to want to keep after the bye rest of the season, maybe even just see if they're out there on waiver wires because they do have the bye week. But, yeah, like we know, we know who's – who's who here and I think Ayuk is the one who just continues to fly up the rankings he's like he's in that wide receiver one uh conversation so like this is someone who's I think we've kind of always liked and now he's getting the opportunity and when Debo's not there you know he and Kittle really can eat um with Debo back we'll, we'll see I mean Ayuk might be more like a wide receiver too but I'm definitely gonna be ranking Ayuk over Debo yeah I still think I can be a low-end wide receiver one, even with Devo back. We'll see. Yeah, But I, I will also say, I've seen Elijah Mitchell hit the waiver wire uh, in some leagues with the bye here. I oh, would yeah. scoop him up. I, I think he's one of the most high upside uh, handcuff running backs there is in the league. Yeah, McCaffrey, uh, a little bit of an injury history. Yeah, unfortunately. But Just a tad. Not since he came to San Francisco. He's been an Iron Man, so keep it going, <laughs> C-Mac. That's true. <laughs> All right, uh, Tampa Bay. You know, I I feel like Baker Mayfield still gets a little uh, under undervalued in terms of his fantasy performance this season. Like he's just been good, <laughs> you yeah. know. Like at a certain point, pe- like people need to catch up to that fact. Um, he was a top ten quarterback last week in fantasy, and he's been uh, QB thirteen or better in four different games this season, um, which is not that different than the stat I was just citing about Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so just something to keep in mind there. Um, you know, I, so yeah, I mean, he's got two really good receivers to throw to and uh, you know, Rashad white also has trend, been trending up for me. Um, you know, you mentioned that trade. I, I just uh, accepted someone offered me uh, Rashad, Rashad white for uh, Hollywood Brown. Yep. And I pulled the trigger on it. That was a non PPR, but I mean, you know, Rashad White is the rare running back that's not really better in non-PPR because he, he does most of his work in the passing game. But he has started to run the ball more effectively between the tackles. I believe Matt Waldman was talking about that on Twitter. Um, and we know he's got the pass-catching chops, and he's just getting real bell cow usage, like even with Chase Edmonds back. Um, Rashad White is uh, top five uh, in the NFL in terms of uh, snap share among running backs. So. Uh, he's uh, he's just a rock solid RB two. Yeah, love getting someone like that who's just has like pretty much all the workload. Sean Tucker, I thought was gonna 
be worked in. I guess he's not ready. He's gotten like nothing, you know. I mean, he's just not even been active. And when Keyshawn Vaughn is active, he looks terrible. I mean, he's just looked terrible for his whole career so far. So like, yeah, there's no real threat behind him. You know, they didn't bring anyone in. So yeah, it's I, I like Rashad White. If you look at his game log and the matchups he's had first half, it it lightens up a lot. You know, you, I'm sure you looked at that when you were making a trade. Like the second half of the season, the matchups are looking a lot tastier. Yep, exactly. So maybe a player to buy low on. Sure. All right, uh, so we'll wrap it up with, or not quite wrap it up. We'll get to Tennessee next. Uh, so I sat DeAndre Hopkins last week. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, uh, somehow I didn't think Will Levis was going to come out and heave the ball to him down the field uh, as many times as he did, but it worked out pretty well for for fantasy. So uh, this team will be playing on Thursday night uh, with Will Levis again under center. Ryan Tannehill still recovering from that ankle injury. Uh, and, I mean, we'll see. I mean, maybe maybe Levis doesn't give the job up if he strings together another good performance. I know. I, I bet on Will Levis to throw an interception in that game. I thought, oh, for sure. you know. And then I'm seeing all these highlights, and I'm watching the highlights, and I'm thinking, oh, one of these is going to get picked. And, nope, touchdown. It's <laughs> just like touchdown after touchdown. Like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, definitely a surprise. Not what you would expect, especially in, like, the first start. Um, but, yeah, like – Hopkins, it's someone like the first like month or month plus of the season. I just I wasn't buying it. I was keeping him low. He looked good, but just wasn't doing a whole lot. But yeah, after that performance, um, you know, I'm I'm moving him up. I'm not going crazy, but like I, I I'm still moving him up. It's like Adam Thielen, man. At some point, I'm like, okay, like he they're they're still they're an old guy doing doing their thing. I'll move him up. Yeah, you've gotten closer to me in ranking Hopkins. I've been the high man on Hopkins all along, um, but you're now within 14 spots in our overall rankings. I've got him 52 overall. You've got him at 66. So okay. the gap is narrowing. It is. It is. Um, uh, and then, it, you know, I was, as a Tajay Spears uh, manager, I was a little disappointed Derrick Henry didn't get traded. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it's been a rough go for Spears lately. He doesn't get quite enough touches to be a confident uh, flex play he does have a he does still have a little bit of standalone value but the main appeal to him is certainly uh the implied value if henry were to go down yeah and i'm looking at the fantasy playoffs um i hope henry doesn't go down because he gets houston week 15 and 17 and you know what he does against houston he oh destroys houston so yeah and maybe that'd be tajay spears so like i mean it let's hope it's henry uh we might see some 200 plus you know three touchdown games or something uh, at least one of those weeks, but it could be Spears, so make sure he's rostered. Yeah, and he is still playing a lot of snaps, so yeah. it's it, you know he's right in the conversation with Zach Charbonnet, obvious, obviously as these like really high upside number two backs on these teams. Yep. All right, we're we're down to the uh, commodes as I was calling them in the pre in the, <laughs> before the show, the Washington Commanders last team. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Sam Howell just keeps putting up huge fantasy numbers. I mean like. Yeah. This guy, like, you can't feel super confident about it because of the way he does it, but uh, he was the number one overall fantasy QB last week against Philadelphia, and he has been a top 14 fantasy QB in five or six of his eight starts this season. So that's pretty impressive. That's QB one numbers from Sam Howell. Um, You know, he goes at New England this week, so, like, that like that Patriots defense isn't as formidable as it typically is, but you still feel like it's a not a great setup for him. Like it's gonna be there's gonna be some ugly plays, 
but he might still get the job done fantasy wise. He might, and like I added Jahan Dotson in a couple leagues. Um, you know, after that big game last week, um, you know, Curtis Samuel's dealing with a little bit of a toe injury. I'm thinking maybe he, even if he plays, he's not 100. percent So like, I've moved Dotson back up a little bit in my rankings. It's not just the one game. He's just he's been trending up, and if Samuel's injured, that can only help him. Uh, Logan Thomas also just you know he's he's in that sort of tight end. I don't know, purgatory, I don't know what you want to call it, that little area of <laughs> after the top 10 or 12 guys. But, like, he just keeps getting it done. You know, he's had a bad week here and there. But for the most part, when he's been healthy, Logan's been doing his thing. And this is a Logan Thomas podcast, so I got to mention him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's now, like, you know, if you picked him up because you were struggling at tight end, like, he might be a guy you just can start the rest of the season as, like, a low-end tight end one. Yep, no doubt. Um, and then Terry McLaurin also is trending up for me. Um, he's been a top 26 wide receiver in three straight and four of the last five uh, double digit targets in three of those five games. Um, so he wasn't fully healthy at the beginning of the season. And I think he is fully healthy now. And uh, he's back into being kind of that locked in wide receiver too, that people were hoping for. Yeah. And not a whole lot to say with the run game. Like Brian Robinson is just like, you know, he doesn't catch a ton of passes. I mean, when he does, it's like, he'll catch a couple here and there. He's had some, you know, touchdown he's he's when he scores touchdowns he's a he's a good fantasy player when he's not he's like rb30 and that's just kind of where he lives but i don't know anything to say about the the running backs here i mean it looked briefly like chris rodriguez was going to make it a three-man committee and then he went back to purgatory so yep um and you know antonio gibson just gets snaps but he doesn't get touches so uh really robinson's the only one that you would look at and it's i think it's mostly just in games where they're likely to have positive game script you know if they if they seem like they're gonna uh if they're huge underdogs in a game it's probably not a great brian robinson game i tell you what if you know you like to have handcuffs and stuff in case of injury but like there could be a week if brian robinson gets hurt and misses two or three games like i still like antonio gibson i i think he's an explosive player i could see a scenario where he's the kind of guy that you like use the rest of your fab for if brian robinson gets hurt because he's he's going to be on waiver wires in like 60 70 percent of leagues here in a week or two he should if be not already right. He should God, be. That's a really gross final thought to end on, but <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I'll Antonio let it pass. <laughs> well, they are the commodes, so <laughs> exactly. All right, I think that wraps it up. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, again, if you want to check out our rest of season rankings, you can go to rosrankings.com and see them there. We've also got our week nine rankings up for you, and we'll be continually updating those right up through kickoff of the one p.m. games eastern time on uh, sunday so keep an eye out for all of that and you can always reach out to us on twitter as well i am at andrew underscore seifter and i am at barton wheeler we appreciate everyone listening to the podcast if you like the show please follow share rate and review we are out of here we gone You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.